You're listening to the Weekly Parsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shemesh Israel, 5784-2023. This week's Parsha is Parsha Vayigash, and we have the climax of the story of Yosef and his brothers, and how, as we'll see, Yosef is able to bring the brothers to a place where they stand up, where they stand up for their brother, they stand up for Binyamin, and they don't allow Binyamin to be taken into slavery, but rather they stand up for his honor, they stand up because of the commitment they have made, because of the commitment that Yehuda made specifically to his father. And in so doing, they bring the mysterious chapter in their lives to a close as Yosef reveals himself to his brothers, and they become aware, they understand who it is, who is this Egyptian leader who seems to be such a thorn in their side. I'd like to read to you from the Midrashim in in the beginning of our Parsha, and I want to, as we go into it, I, w- I would like us to ponder and think about and consider the fact that these Midrashim are speaking about the the earth-shattering the the moment in time when Yehuda and Yosef, these two figures who represent Yehuda is the great great grandfather of King David of David Hamelach, he's the one who is the kingship within the, the people of Israel, and Yosef himself and eventually his offspring would also represent an aspect of kingship within the Jewish people. And these two kings are coming together. They're, they're facing off. They're facing off in the moment of truth. And as we'll see, the measure speaks about this. And, but it, it doesn't just have, you know, it's an interesting story. It's a climactic story. It's an emotional story. But it's not just about what happened then. These people are misamel. They represent kochos, certain powers within the Jewish people that came to play then and will come to play or are coming to play as we approach the Messianic Age, as we approach the time of Tikkun, the time of rectification, where all of the parts of the Jewish people come back together in the land of Israel. And there is aspects of the Jewish people which have a certain similarity to, to Yosef's, to Yosef's, to what he represents there are certain aspects of the Jewish people that correspond to what Yehuda represents. And these aspects come together and they clash. They clash. The Jewish people returns to the land of Israel as we have. And there are elements of the Jewish people that are more religious. There are elements that are more secular. And they come together and there's, there's a, there's a cataclysmic, world shattering moment in time which perhaps we're even experiencing, or we have experienced, as those elements come back together. And they have to live with each other. We have to live with each other. And Yosef and Yehuda had to live with each other. The children of Rachel, the children of Leah. So, as we read the Midrashim together, and there's a lot of Midrashim here, we're not going to see everything, obviously, but but let's let's think about it in terms of what happened then, and what happened in the future. I'll just 
mention something that it says in in uh, the Medrash, in speaking about this conversation that we're going to see between Yosef and Yehuda. So it says, I'm just going to re- you know pick out a small thing because I want to show you how the Mephorshim understand that it's not just an event that happened in the past, but it's really representative of something that's going to happen in the future. Miyad Kaas, Yehuda Veshag Bekol Gadol, says the Medrash, that Yehuda, in his conversation with Yosef, he got angry, and he roared with a powerful roar, like a lion. And his voice, the sound of his of his roar, was so loud, or perhaps, as the Mephorshim explained, the spiritual element of his roar was so powerful that it went all the way into the land of Israel, 400 parsa, all the way from Egypt, from the capital of Egypt, all the way till, till Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel, where, where Yaakov Avinu was, where Dan's son, he had a son named Chushim, Achashama Chushim ben Don, the just says something incredible, which I don't believe is meant to be taken at face value, but as I'm unfortunately explained, it's hinting to something very deep and something powerful. The son of Dan, Dan had a son who was deaf, right? He couldn't hear. His name was Chushim, interestingly, which means senses. So he had a very powerful spiritual sense, which is why the Mephorshim say that he was able to hear, not physically hear, but he was able to resonate with the difficulty that Yehuda was going through that caused him to roar, to, to get angry in response to Yosef trying to take Binyamin as his slave. So Dan's son Chushim, According to one of the Mephorshim, <coughs> excuse me, according to one of the Mephorshim, Chushim had the ability to, to do kvitsa tzaderech. He knew how to tap into a spiritual aspect which would make him able to quickly get to Egypt from the land of Israel in a moment. So he came. He heard the call of his brother and, and Dan and his children have a blessing of also being like a lion. Yehuda is called an, a lion, a gur aryeh, a lion cub. And so is Dan. So they roared together. So the Eitz Yosef says here that so he came at Shebol Eretz Mitzrayim Laman Ish Es Laman Ish Es Achav Yazeru Kedugma Asido says the Eitz Yosef that the son of Dan came all the way to Egypt, and he helped his brother, he helped his uncle. But it's an example, it represents something that's going to happen in the future, or corresponds to something that will happen in the future. Yehuda, of course, as we said, represents and includes within him the power of Mashiach ben David, the Messiah who will come from King David. And that's ultimately from Yehuda. We find that there's going to be somebody named Sharia who's going to come from the tribe of Dan. 
He is going to accompany Mashiach Ben David in the future, in his war. As is explained in the Zohar, the secrets of the Torah reveal that there's going to be a battle in the future time. Perhaps the battle that we're looking at is part of that battle. But there's going to be a battle which involves Mashiach ben David, King David, the Mashiach, the Messiah that comes from King David, and ultimately from Yehuda as well. And one of the players in that battle is going to be from the tribe of Dun. And in a parallel way, Chushim, the son of Dun, came all the way from the land of Israel to Egypt to stand by Yehuda's side. Now, I wanted to read that so that you understand that what we're going to read together we're going to study together, it's not just about what happened in the past. It's also about what's happening in our present, which is the future, right? We're living in a special time. I believe we're on a, as I spoke about in my Mashiach podcast, we're on the crossover time between the Mashiach bin Yosef time and the Mashiach bin David time. So we're in, in that moment of history. We're in an incredible moment of history. When, when the Yosef and the Yehuda aspects are coming together. And there's a clash, as we, as we said. And the result is, as we'll see, a threat of war in Egypt. And Egypt always represents, Egypt is the, the root of Yishmael. Yishmael, which today is manifest as the Arab world, Yishmael is rooted in Egypt. Yishmael came from Hagar, and Hagar Hamitzris, she was the Egyptian woman, she was an Egyptian princess. So, included in all of the story that we're reading is, of course, the Pashup Shat, the simple understanding of it. Yosef is leading his brothers, as we'll see, to a certain tikkun, to a certain rectification, through their standing up for Binyamin. But there's also, in this, in this cataclysmic battle between Yehuda and Yosef in the Vayigash Yehuda there's also something that affects Egypt and in our time the Arab world the world of Yishmael the Muslim world so let's see together Vayigash Yehuda Yehuda says Yehuda he approaches, Yehuda approaches Yosef. Ayigash means to approach. And he says, please, my master. As Yosef is trying to take Binyamin, he says, he stole my goblet, he shall be my slave. Yehuda says, please, my master, let, let me say something. Don't get angry at me. You are a great person, you are as great as Paro. You are a great person. You're you're as great as Paro. Says the Medrash, brings the pasuk in Mishle in, in Proverbs chapter six. Biniim The pasuk speaks about somebody who has been a guarantor for his friend, which of course Yehuda was a guarantor for Binyamin, guaranteed his father Yaakov that he would bring back Binyamin safely. Pasuk says in Mishle. By making a promise, by standing as a guarantor, 
So you have you have knocked with the words of your mouth. Say Zeis. See the pasuk over there, Mishlei chapter six, verses one through three. Do this, says the says the pasuk. What is it talking about? So in the second part of this first piece, the Medrash says, "I'm a Rebbechi, I'm a Shimon Baraba, lest Shmei Pikadon Elapuk Doin Davar I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, that part was not part of what we need to read. Bini Imarav to Lareyecha Ze Yehuda, right? If you have set yourself as a guarantor, that's speaking about Judah. Anoichi Yarvenu, because he says, "I will be the guarantor of, of Binyamin." Takata Lazar Kapecha. Takata Lazar Kapecha means that you you. Litkoa means to clap or to to make a sound with your with your palms, which is another way of saying a clap. A clap is also like a uh, a coming together of hands is is a promise. You made a promise for somebody else. You said you would have said you can you'll be able to request him from my hand. He will not go out of my hand. Pasuk says, "You you knocked with the words of your mouth." And right, he made a promise with his words. I'm going to bring him back. I say, "Zayis efay b'nevi natsal." Do this in order to be saved. Lech v'davik b'faragla v'kabel malchus avadnusoi. Says the pasuk an amazing. I'm said the medrash says an amazing thing. The Torah is teaching us that Yehuda here, in order to keep his promise. He had to make himself subservient, completely subservient to the malchus, to the kingship, and the mastery, the fact that Yosef was his master. But Yigashi love Yehuda. Yehuda, in approaching Yosef, according to the first measure here, in approaching Yosef, he was coming in with subservience. He was coming in, bowing his head and saying, I made a promise. I have to keep that promise. I'll do whatever it takes. Take me instead to be the servant, not Binyamin. Binyamin needs to return to his father. I I noticed last week when we read the the parsha, when we read the the beginning of the story where Yosef becomes the king, and then Yosef puts his brothers through this incredible difficulty. So the Haftorah that we read last week, unusually, usually Parshas Miketz is read on Hanukkah, and there's a different, there's a different Haftorah. But this year we read the Haftorah, which is the Haftorah which is truly connected to Parshas Miketz. What was the Haftorah? It was about King Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech, when he first became king at a very young, young age. He requested from Hashem to have great wisdom. And his wisdom was expressed immediately in the first encounter that he had to judge the Jewish people. Two women came before him. One said, it's a famous story, one said that this baby is my baby. The other woman said, no, the dead baby is your baby. This baby is my baby. And Shlomo Melech, with his great wisdom, was able to say, let's cut the baby in half. And the real mother said, no, let her have him. I don't want the baby to die. Because she had mercy on her child and the woman who wasn't the real mother said cut him in half I won't have she won't have and King Solomon in his great wisdom was able to determine that the woman who said let the baby live give give the baby to her that was the real mother it was clear 
So why was that connected? Okay, it's very nice. It's a king. (laughs) Yosef is a king. What's the connection? Uh, You know, on a simple level, it refers to the fact that he had a dream. On a deeper level, I understood that the connection is, and soon you'll understand the connection to this medrash, the connection is that he, that Shlomo HaMelech, he understood immediately, as my Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Peir points out, he understood immediately who was telling the truth, because one woman said, "This is my baby's alive, her baby is dead. Another woman said, her baby is dead first. Her baby is dead, my baby is alive. She was focused already on on the negative. And that was the woman who was, who was lying. Shlomo HaMelech needed to bring out, for everyone to see, for everyone to hear, who was the true mother, who was the one who had Rachmanus, who, who clearly had mercy on her child, who was clearly the real mother. Through his wisdom, he was able to draw out the response that would prove what he already knew. Shlomo Melech, King Solomon, that was his wisdom. He was able to, to get the people to say what he wanted them to say by creating a situation which, of course, was contrived. He's not going to cut a baby in half, a live baby. Chas v'shom, heaven forbid. But he was able, through the threat, to, to bring out the words that he wanted to hear. And Yosef HaTzadik, Joseph was also, he was a leader. That's what a true leader is. A good leader has the ability to encourage, to bring out, to, to get his subjects to be all that they can be. To say the things that they need to say. The brothers needed to rectify something that they had done wrong. They had, they had failed their father 22 years earlier. They had failed in their relationship with a child of Rachel. They had, they had caused great period. They had cut the baby in half, so to speak. They had caused great, great separation between Yaakov's children. And as a result, they needed to rectify that. And they knew that. We could read that in the, in the Psukim as they go through the challenges in last week's parsha. It was clear that they needed to rectify that. They knew that themselves. Yosef was able to get out of them. He was able to squeeze out of Yehuda through his wisdom, through his maneuvering of the situation. He was able to squeeze out of Yehuda the words that needed to be said. I am willing to stand up. I'm willing to be in place of Binyamin. I am willing to stand up. I, I guaranteed my father that Binyamin would return. And I will not return without Binyamin. And I will be in place of Binyamin. That's what you, it was. Yosef's great wisdom, but the purpose was. What's going on here is that Yosef. Yosef's the king, and to our Western ears, we're not used to kings. We're not not used to people who can just take away someone's life at will at whim we're not used to that kind of thing we're not used to somebody who shows his power who leads in our world a parent is not allowed to use any kind of punishment in order to to get their kid to do what's right but that's not right 
That's not our, the Torah approach. The Torah wants us as parents to lead our kids. The Torah wants a leader, a government, a king to lead the people, to show the people what's right, to, with great wisdom, to get out of them what they need to say. Not necessarily to force them. You know, we could look at this story like they're being forced. But to maneuver the people, to maneuver his subjects, to do what's right. That's the job of a king. And it's the job of the people to accept the guidance of the king. 22 years earlier, Yosef said, I had the dreams. I am the guy. He said, then they said, Will you be our king? Will you rule over us? You'll tell us what to do? You're going to tell on us to Yaakov Avinu for what we were doing wrong? But ultimately, though they didn't accept his leadership, his rulership, 22 years earlier, Yosef needed to, to guide them and show them that he understood on a spiritual level what they needed. He needed them to receive, to accept his malchus, his rulership. And that was all the maneuvering, just like Shlomo HaMelech maneuvered these two women to say the thing that needed to be said. So too, Yosef was maneuvering them, and that was right. But now hear the next Medrash, because it brings out something which is the other side of the story which is Yehuda's power over Yosef. Yehuda, through his words, was able to access a place that no one else could access. Ah, listen to the beauty of the words of our sages. Deep, deep waters. Pasuk says in Mishle, again in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, the deep waters are the the thoughts of a person, the motivating thoughts in the heart of a person. What does this mean? Think about it. What motivates us? There's so many things that motivate us. You look at a person's actions, you only see the outside. You only see the external, the superficial. But what motivates the person down to his depths? What's the What's the mania? What's the motor that's turning out all the cogs that you see on, on the outside? You see a certain action, but what's the thought? Says the Medrash, it's a mashallah be'er amuka, malayat sainan. We have an analogy. This is an analogy to a deep uh, well, which is full of cold water. Cold water well. People wanted to access the water, but it was very deep. The water was inaccessible. It was so far down. They wanted that refreshing, delicious cold water. But echad, no one could get to it. But one person came. One person came. He took a rope, one one uh, short piece of rope, and he tied it onto another piece of rope. And tied it onto a string, and tied it onto another string, and attached at the end 
a pale. And by doing this, he was able to extend down the pail into the into the well and pull up that refreshing water and drink it. His chila called down the men of a As a result of this, not only was he able to drink, but everyone was able to access that deep water, the the cold waters. So to Yehuda said to Yosef one thing and another thing and another thing until he was able to draw out of Yosef what was really going on in Yosef's heart. The brothers are standing in front of this Egyptian ruler. They don't understand. Why is he calling us spies? Why is he forcing us to bring down the, our brother? Why is it that the, why are we being framed in this crime we didn't commit? What is motivating him? Who is this person? What have we done wrong? What's what's the root of this? They couldn't figure it out. But Yehuda, and as the Medrash says later, which we're running out of time, so we're not going to read it inside, but the Medrash says, Vayigash, I love Yehuda. Vayigash can also be read Vayigais, which means to force somebody. Yehuda was able to force the information out of Yosef. Yosef was able to maneuver them to get them to say what they needed to say for their tikkun, but Yehuda was able to maneuver Yosef to finally reveal who he was. What's motivating you? Why are you doing this to us? Until finally Yosef reveals what's in his heart, what's in the depths, what's the motivating factor. I need Yosef. I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. What's motivating me is my love for you. And my care for Kali Israel that we come back together and that we care about each other and we stand up for each other. So in this incredible moment, this coming together of these two kings, which the Medrash says, and I didn't have time to read it either, but the Medrash says that as the two kings came together and they're battling it out, the brothers stand back. They're like, we have nothing to say here. <laughs> We have nothing to add to this conversation. We're just going to watch. So this this coming together of the kings, Yehuda and Yosef, and it's it's a sight to behold. The Medrash describes how he comes to him with different aspects. He's going to fight with him. He's going to pray to Hashem. He's going to he's going to mafias him. He's going to calm him down. But. This is us. When I think about it, this is us. This is us. Over the last few months, this is us. Klal Yisrael had each other's throats, fighting, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in His awesome wisdom, knows how to bring us to a point where we'll stand up for each other. Where we will stand up for each other. Where we'll stand up for the children of Leah stand up for the children of Rachel, and the children of Rachel stand up for the children of Leah. The kaiches, the dormant spiritual abilities, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings it out through cataclysmic interactions. We can all think about how this applies to us personally. We can all think about how it applies to the Jewish people generally. But I'd like to bless you and ask you to bless me.
that Hashem should help us, that we should be able to stand up for each other, that we should be able to help our kids in a in a great with great wisdom. It requires great wisdom. We can't force anybody to do anything, but we can, you know, move people in the direction that they need to get to with wisdom. Hashem should help us to have that wisdom. Hashem should help us to be able to merit to see the ultimate coming together of the aspects of Yosef, the aspects of Yehuda, of Mashiach ben Yosef, and Mashiach ben David. Hashem should help us and bless us. That we should, be, should merit to see the coming together of the Jewish people back on our land and the advent of the Messianic Age speedily and in our days. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes Ari Goldwag.